Hello and welcome back to Green About Media, the show where we explore the impact of digital on the environment. And I'm so excited to bring you what we have in store for this season. That is continuing to bring you information on how the digital world affects the environment, but this time also hearing stories from professionals in the media industry about their experiences as their companies shift to more environmentally responsible operations. In our own company, for example, we've implemented a framework called Better Media, which I'll link to in the show notes, and it's aimed at enabling us to take real steps in this direction. And in the digital media environment specifically, this means not just concentrating on our own direct emissions, but those of our entire supply chain. And as you know, if you listened to the last season of the show, in this industry, that is where the vast majority of negative environmental impact comes from. We're going to meet business sustainability experts, everyday people pushing initiatives in their own company, as well as some of the key players in our own supply chain, talking about the challenges and successes of becoming an industry of better media together. So with the setup out of the way, I just want to dive a little bit into the state of the now and revisit how things currently look, and at some of the catalysts that are driving digital companies to shift their focus in 2024. If you head over to theworldcounts.com, you'll see an ominous upward ticking counter. This number represents humanity's current drain on natural resources and the planet's ability to handle our generated waste. Anything under one means that the planet's natural resources are able to regenerate in time before we use them up again. Anything over one represents how much we are overshooting and borrowing those resources from future generations. When I started planning this episode a few months ago, the counter had just ticked over to 1.8. And now, at the time of writing, it's just gone over 1.85. Earth Overshoot Day, or the date into a given year where we have already used up that year's allocation of resources, was September 25 in 2009, August 22 in 2012, and in 2019, it was July 29. It's a startling but somehow expected trend. Consumers too are aware of this and are increasingly considering sustainability as a factor in their purchasing decisions across all industries and including the digital space. According to IAB Europe's 2023 report on the readiness of the industry, 61% of consumers are aware that a digital ad has a negative impact on the environment and 84% would prefer to purchase from a company that practices more sustainable advertising. This increasing awareness and priority in consumers is already enough of a reason for some companies to begin to shift their focus towards being environmentally responsible. And if that's not enough of a motivation, however, especially if you're operating here in Europe, government legislations are beginning to build up and come into effect that aim to turn the tiller even further in the right direction. There are some of these significant policies being introduced at the moment or having already been implemented this year, and they've been building since arguably the biggest catalyst for both governments and companies to begin this shift since the Paris Agreement that took place in 2015. Today is a historic day in the fight to protect our planet for future generations. Ten months ago in Paris, I said before the world that we needed a strong global agreement to reduce carbon pollution and to set the world on a low carbon course. The result was the Paris Agreement. 
And it was here that a legally binding international agreement was formed between 196 parties, a landmark event as the first ever binding climate agreement between nations. The thing is that although nations have committed to this and are working towards it, it's the companies operating within those nations that drive so much of the emissions and as such are an inextricably interconnected element of the problem and by extension, the solution. One problem is that companies, by their very nature, need to be profitable in order to exist. And traditionally, it's just plain cheaper to act irresponsibly when it comes to gathering resources and choosing supply chain partners than not. In 2024, particularly here in Europe, a new wave of policies and legal consequences will take effect that will, in theory, push companies even further to incorporate environmentally responsible aspects into the way in which they do business. The first, and perhaps most important, is the introduction of the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, or CSRD, which indicates for the first time that from January 1st, 2024, public interest entities with more than 500 employees will have to collect and report data on their carbon emissions. And this might not seem like much at first glance. But when you consider that the CSRD also entails a serious risk of liability potential massively impacting a company's profitability and even very existence, these companies will need to put real thought and action into place and examine their operations carefully. The hope is that once environmentally responsible behaviour becomes baked into the very framework of how organisations do business across the globe, that this will make up the foundation of how we begin to collectively steer this fragile ship back on course. Also in 2024 in Europe, there are policies being introduced to limit waste, such as new regulations restricting the types of materials used in production of various products, such as toxicity levels in battery production, and the durability and therefore potential lifespan of various consumer products such as apparel and even starting to put into place some regulations making companies responsible and liable for their supply chain purchasing decisions. Naturally, the range of various legislation will affect certain industries in different ways, each of which carrying their own specific risks, challenges and opportunities in abiding by these and future regulations, and ultimately reducing their own carbon emissions. Every industry needs to analyse the detailed specifics of their impact and work out which areas of their production, distribution and supply chain can most effectively reduce their carbon footprint, while at the same time remaining, or ideally increasing, their profitability. And the thing is that when you as a company are impressed upon or otherwise encouraged to tackle a new big problem like this, you're simply forced to innovate. And that innovation is likely to spiral off in surprising and beneficial directions. A concept we'll be hearing more about as this season goes on. Let's have a look at one specific problematic industry for a moment and see how one company in particular has decided to tackle its environmental challenges. As individuals, the single best thing we can do for the planet is keep our stuff in use longer and reduce our overall consumption along the way. We can all do our part through buying used, buying less, and buying only what we need. Warnware is our program to trade in and buy used Patagonia gear. Here's how to get involved. Patagonia is a clothing company, 
And the apparel industry as a whole is responsible for around 10% of total carbon emissions globally, making it the second largest carbon producing industry in the world. And this is because in our modern consumer culture, garments are worn for shorter amounts of time than ever before, and they end up in landfill or are incinerated. Additionally, the carbon emissions have increased from both manufacturing as well as the production and distribution of materials used by the fashion industry over the years. What Patagonia have done is identify this problem and found ways to innovate and tackle it at its core. For one, they use recycled materials in the vast majority of their production, even including fabric cuttings from the factory floor. They have strict and high emission standards for their production that takes place in China and have a program in which they allow their customers to trade in worn clothing, repair it and sell it on. And when you no longer need it, you can trade it in on WarnWear.com or at a Patagonia store near you. We'll pass it along to someone who will use it. The transparency and accountability they provide means they're able to charge higher prices for their products and further recover costs through their resale program. And as such, they're able to remain profitable and relatively sustainable at the same time, arguably standing out more as a brand and being more successful overall because of these initiatives. From its conception, Patagonia had a mindset of not heading down the well-trodden profits-first path that most apparel and any capitalist industry tends to do. And since the beginning, they donated 1% of their profits to environmental initiatives they deemed important. But in 2018, in a simply outstanding move, Patagonia decided to reshape the entire purpose of their business. A stunning announcement from the founder of Patagonia sharing that he's giving away, giving away the $3 billion company to help fight climate change. And set up their operation through a number of trusts to ensure that after reinvesting in the business and paying the bills, that they could hand over 100% of those profits as a dividend into these trusts to go towards fighting the climate problem. An admirable example of how a company can shift its business mindset beyond the traditional growth, growth, growth mindset and profits to actually doing some good in the world while still being able to pay their employees and themselves and grow their company. Not a lot of people understand how serious we are about saving this planet. I'm dead serious. Getting back to digital. We learned in the last season of the show that the problem is significantly different than most other industries and impacts the global carbon footprint in a multitude of ways. For a digital company to reduce their emissions, they generally don't need to invent an entirely new product, but rather, at least in part, they need to shift the focus of their spend and partnerships to favour green media. And it's those kinds of stories that we want to bring to light in this season of the show. And I look forward to bringing you the first one on the next episode of Green About Media. Thank you for joining us today on this introduction to season two of Green About Media. I really look forward to finding and bringing you some of these stories on how people are driving change in large and small ways within their organizations and personal lives. Next time on the show, we'll hear from Stephanie Scheller from the Sustainable Solutions Unit within Omnicom Media Group as she talks about how she took a sustainability idea 
and turned it into a profitable business model within her larger organization. I've been your host, Phil McDowell, and thank you as always to executive producer Nadia Koski, project lead Dennis Kirshner, and a special thank you today to Christopher Kansky, who helped me with the writing and fact-checking of this episode. That's it from me today, and we'll see you next time on Green About Media.